live and in the flesh, Coach Dawsey himself, along with Fred Curtis here at Relentless Love. Welcome back to All 22. Kelly, what's popping today, man? I just just had a good breakfast, so I'm pretty good, man. I got my coffee, I got my coffee in too, so I'm wide open. Yeah, yeah. I heard you were uh, you were sharing the gospel of Kodiak a little bit earlier, not co- uh, the pancakes. What did I say that right? Kodiak. Yeah, Kodiak. 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 So no, no, Aunt Jemima over there, huh? Nah, I mean, I, I, I leave that to <laughs> I leave that to my wife and my daughter. So they're not, uh, they're not as they don't care about protein intake. So <laughs> oh, they not big. They not big uh, Kodiak fans. Nah, I mean it's they'll eat it, but yeah, they want that sugar, man. <laughs> Well, for those of you that don't know, I've, Kodiak is this brand, I guess. They've got a whole slew of pancakes, muffins, uh, all that good stuff. I've seen them in the grocery store for years uh, and never picked up their pancake mix, although I did have their oatmeal one time. Um, I, I can't tried the oatmeal. I can't say if it was good or bad because I think I bought it one time when I was traveling. And so I just boiled the hotel hot water and put it in. And it was just like, it was food just to eat, like not really to enjoy. Um, so I don't have a positive or negative opinion about it. But anyway, um, you you have persuaded me to get a box of Kodiak. Yeah, you gotta, so they have the waffles, which is quick. But the Frozen? Yeah, frozen waffles. And they have the pancake mix. You're getting the most bang for your buck with the pancake mix. But the waffles are just more convenient. Mm. So you got uh you got to pick up a litter. And then yeah. the muffins, man, I had the blueberry, um, is it blueberry and lemon muffins? Listen. <laughs> it took me everything not to eat all of them in one sitting. <laughs> How many added grams of sugar though? That's the key question. In the muffins, it's a little bit more than the pancakes. So I think um the muffins is around like eight or ten. Grams of sugar. That's Yeah. And the the pancakes is only like, I think, four or five, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So I take that four or five grams of sugar, man. <laughs> and it still tastes good. It still tastes good. I'm All telling right. you. I'm going to try these out. You got to try it, man. We'll report back next time around. <laughs> cool, good brother. Let's just hop right into it, man. Today we're going over um, the NFC East as we continue sort of our offseason previews um we're gonna probably be doing this for a couple weeks obviously draft coming up this thursday trying to get a good uh overview of just what some of the teams across the league need going to the draft and then if they end up actually if they end up actually accomplishing those things um next thursday and friday is the draft two days or three days i think it's three days next thursday yeah. friday saturday i didn't know if they had changed it because of coronavirus it's going to be kind of i don't want to say awkward i watched the WNBA draft last night and just seeing the commissioner try to, like, give picks from the middle of her living room. But you could tell she wasn't quite comfortable reading off the teleprompter. And all the interviews had these delays. It was just kind of wild. I expect the same thing from the NFL draft. Welcome to the world of coronavirus. Everything's fine. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the best way to kick off any sort of podcast, television show, movie, anything, talking about the NFL, is America's team, the good old Dallas Cowboys. Um, so, and you got to go with them first, so you got plenty of time to discuss. Uh, the the perennially average Jason Garrett is out at head coach. Um, they bring in Mike McCarthy, who I've always been a fan of, who I think was unjustly pushed 
out of Green Bay. I think we spoke about that a little bit in our previous podcast. Um, Dallas, uh, last year, eight and eight, um, second in NFC East. Uh, The biggest thing around this team, obviously, as you can expect, is a quarterback position. Um, Dak still has not gotten his long-term deal. Um, Reports he wants upwards of $40 million. My belief is that his team is probably waiting on Pat Mahomes to get his deal, although I'm not sure how that's going to work because I can't imagine Dak Prescott wanting more money than a guy who's already won an MVP and a Super Bowl. But I get the business side of it. Get your money, young fella. Um, what's the outlook in Dallas for you, Kelly? I think um, Dallas, <laughs> if y'all know me, Dallas is one of those teams. I, I don't, I don't like or hate the Cowboys. I just kind of, I like to troll them because <laughs> it's it's just funny to see how you know their fans react. So, I mean, I don't. I think Dak is solid. Um, uh, when, I mean, when you're judging a quarterback, you got to look. Okay, who does he have around him? Yeah. What what's 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 helping or hurting him first, and then after that, okay, how how what is how does he play when um, his best players are injured, and when everything's going well, how does he play? So, Cal, the uh, his rookie season, he played very well because literally everything was clicking. Yeah. At the best offensive line in the league. He had his fellow rookie, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He had, you know, the veteran wide receiver core. Defense was opportunistic. They weren't great, but they they, they forced a lot of turnovers. Everything just went well. <laughs> and then I honestly think, and I don't want to say it, that was if they well, if they beat Green Bay, the Falcons were just on a magical run. I don't think they would have beat the Falcons, but um Aaron Rodgers that late throw at the end of the game that was just ridiculous but the Fal- if if it wasn't if the Falcons weren't playing that well I would have you know expected them to win the Super Bowl that year you know I've thought about that probably more than most people because I I think back to random seasons and what should have yeah. happened I I I was originally in that camp of Atlanta was playing too well but I don't think anybody would have beat Atlanta in the dome that year that year yeah yeah all. Yeah, but that game would have been in Dallas. Oh, you're right. <laughs> and 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 that's what makes me think. I don't know that that team. That was the best team. That was the best Dallas team I think I've ever seen, including I've ever third, seen. <clears throat> including that, I think Romo had a team that went 13 and three in, in 2006. I think one of those years they lost in the, the first game. But that was the best Dallas team I've ever seen. Um, they got. I don't want to say they got jibbed. They didn't get jibbed. Um, but losing that game at Green Bay, I think, I don't want to say through the trajectory of a franchise off. I'm one of those people who firmly believes, like, there are seminal moments when you talk about building championship teams. Um, and when uh-huh. those moments don't go the way that you would like them to, you can look it back hurts, on man. You can And you can look back on them and say, you know what, that's where this thing started falling apart. I'm not going to say that's the case for Dallas, but – I think I think this collection of and that team is way different than it was four years ago, as as every yeah, other yeah, team yeah. is. But I, I think this sort of I'm not gonna say that was Dak's best opportunity because he's going to his fifth season. It's too mm-hmm. early to say that. But I'm curious is now that his cap number is so high, is he yeah. good enough to get back to that point with a less talented supporting cast? And I don't know if that answers yes. 
and that's the, and that's the whole thing. That's that's my whole. You asked about the whole outlook of the Cowboys. That's the thing. When he when he gets his thirty five plus, Amari Cooper's. I mean, it's it's slated where you think it's twenty five per year, but he's not technically getting twenty five per year. He probably won't be there five years or four years. Um, so you have twenty five. 35 you're looking at you know 50 million dollars tied up in two players um amari didn't have his best year last year um he's still solid um one of the best route runners but when that when the when the quarterback gets paid man you really find out how good the gm is (laughs) how good the gm is how good the offensive coordinator is and it's just so you and I didn't mention Ezekiel Elliott. He's getting you know like fourteen a year. So you got where is if Dak doesn't play well and who just what what old lineman just retired? Frederick no, Travis Frederick. Travis Frederick that, just that's retired. center in the league just left. Yep. So you still offense line is solid, but it's not two thousand sixteen and seventeen. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not that good. So. Um, everything's not going well as um, like it did his uh, first season. So we're going to see how good he really is. And like I said, he's very solid. I think he can be – if you look, we talked about this on the last podcast, stats don't tell at all because a lot of his stats, a lot of his numbers were inflated because they were losing in the second half. So – he, he, he had to throw it. He had to air it out a lot. So, you know, he didn't have a great season. If you just look blindly looked at his stats, you would think, okay, he, he, he did really well. But I only think they didn't beat a team over 500. <laughs> and I don't see – I think they're – I think they're the second best team mm. in, that, in that division. Um, but not – I think – It's tough. Say, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> because, like, they're not bad. <laughs> they're not bad. But I'm, I'm just – I want to see what they do in the draft. And they lost their best corner. You know, the defense wasn't that great. I just – I don't see them, you know, I definitely don't see them 11-12 wins. They may can sneak in 10 just because of their schedule. But I, I, I'm not sure, man. I, I'm, not, I'm not high on them, but, you know, when they're, when, they're not, when they're not the pick, they seem to kind of surprise people. Yeah. <laughs> when they have the expectation, they seem to not do well. So that's, that's Dallas for you, man. Yeah, I mean, that's the Cowboys in a nutshell. The perennially, you know, 8-8. Eight and eight. 79, oh. maybe 9 and 17. They beat one team over 500 last year. That was Philadelphia um, in, uh, in week seven, when they, I think. It was on Sunday seven, night football. And they were – but Philly wasn't over 500 at the time, were they? Yeah. No. Yeah. They were struggling. So Dallas is interesting. They were, top, they were top 10 in offensive efficiency last year. The defense struggled. They were 19th. And uh, defensive efficiency. To your point, last year, Dak's stats, if you just look at them, I mean, 65% completion percentage, 4,900 yards, throwing the ball, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks. 
I, I, I look at quarterback stats, especially quarterbacks on rookie deals, um, and a little bit of a vacuum that's different from other quarterbacks because uh-huh. your stats should be better, your play should be better because you're surrounded by so much talent. Um, I, I, I originally was, was pretty down on the Cowboys going into this year. I'm a little more up on them now. Um, I'm not up on their future per se, because once you give Dak that amount of money, I'm not sure if he's, if he's that good to, to bring an average supporting cast up in the way that we know Russell Wilson is, in the way that, look, Kansas City's roster isn't going to be as good as it is now when Pat Mahomes gets paid. Pat Mahomes still going to be contending for a Super Bowl because he's Pat Mahomes. We yeah. don't know yet if Dak Prescott is that guy. His cap hit this year is $31.5 million. Um, we'll see whatever it might be in years after, depending upon how they try to structure that deal. You hit on the biggest thing for me in that and we're really going to get to see how good he is this year. Is that offensive line has gotten progressively worse since his career started, and they're still very good. So that just but they clearly had the best offensive line of football a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Travis Frederick retires. Um, now they got some holes on the interior. Tyron Smith on the left side of the line. Zach Martin, right. Um, Lyle Collins on the right side. Pretty good. Up the gut, though, at left guard and center. I'm not – I just they, – they got some challenges they need to address there. Um, I'm not a big fan of Amari Cooper. I, I just I, – I think he's a, he's a good wide receiver one. He's not great. Um, yep. Michael Gallup is good wide receiver two. He's not great. Uh, and, then, and then there's the aspect of, uh, of Zeke Elliott, who – I'm I'm not sure. I don't know if his issue was more so usage in the offensive system or if he just wasn't as healthy or didn't have the supporting cast he had previously. I would like to chop up last season's sort of dip in performance um, to an offensive line that just wasn't as good. But now you're stuck with that guy in a long-term deal. And, look, Zeke is still one of the top five running backs in the game. So this is not one of those things where – you know, it's not a Todd Gurley situation. Love Gurley to death, but that deal was bad when the Rams came out. That was out. bad. That was bad. <laughs> Zeke isn't there yet, and Zeke's going only going into his age 25-year season. But I think having so much money tied into your quarterback, your running back, and your wide receiver, um, it is an omen for mm, trouble having success later. I, I I like the addition of Mike McCarthy enough because I, I think replacing Mike McCarthy with Jason Garrett is worth at least one win, maybe one and a half. And this team was, I think, immensely unlucky last year in some close games. Their expected win-loss was close to 11-5, and five, and they yeah. ended up going 8-8. Eight and eight. I was originally bullish on Washington um, winning the NFC East for the first time ever in my life, though. I kind of, I kind of like Dallas going into this year. I don't like their long-term perspectives. But you like gotta, I, I think I like them this year, man. I got. You. I mean, that's what I'm, I don't. I don't know what to think about Dallas because, like you said, last year they were supposed to be really, really good. That that was the expectation, and they did have a lot of. Uh, I think all of their losses were close. The uh, Super Bowl or bust last Um, but. Yeah, they were supposed to be solid. So um, this year, if that if that gets his deal before this season, then they're okay for this year. Uh, so I mean, I can I can see them, I can see them doing really well, depending on you know who they get, um, who they draft, and they got uh, Alden Smith, right? That's his name. 
mm-hmm. the, the pass rusher. So they need pass rush because they lost they lost um Robert Quinn. They, they lost, lost Robert Chicago. Quinn. They added Alden Smith, but he hasn't played in what three years. So uh, you you don't know. Yeah, who knows what he's got? Yeah, to you take don't him. know. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting from him. So the the key to they're lucky because they're they're playing they're playing Washington, and you know don't know the quarterback situation. <laughs> uh, you're playing the Giants, which that game is pretty much a toss up. Typically, but you know the Giants are the Giants. Giants are the Giants. <laughs> Giants are the Giants, man. Giants and the Cowboys are very similar franchises and very oh, yeah. similar fan bases. So I like to troll both. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean that's what they have going for them. Like they can they can win close games, um, depending on they can win close games simply because of their quarterback, wide receiver, running back uh, trio. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't know what all this man has left in the tank, but they still fortunately have Dexter Lawrence coming off the edge, which is always mm-hmm. good. Jalen Smith in their linebacking cores. I don't think Leighton Van Der Esch was as good last year as people think he was, um, but but still serviceable at linebacker. The the, the key to me, and, and, the, and the reason why I think they've got a chance to win this division and potentially contend and go to a Super Bowl, as I point back to a couple of games last season. They, like you said, they lost a lot of close games. Yeah. There were two There were two really glaring games, and I think they happened within two or three weeks of each other. One was they went to New Orleans on a Sunday night, I think lost by two points. That defense yep. played phenomenal um, that game, and, and the offense still just couldn't get it done. New Orleans defense was good, not great. You got to score more than ten points against them. But the, the loss that was most inexplicable was – um, it was an October loss. I think a week, week six, they lost to the Jets um, by two points. Yeah. And yeah. if you're a team that thinks you're a Super Bowl contender, you know, all disrespect to Jets fans, you got to win that game. Um, <clears throat> the, for, for me, I think Jets were up big too. It, yeah, and, and and for me, the reason why I like them in the division this year is. I, they, they had a, a few games like that. Those are the two that are most notable. They went to New England, lost 13-9. Um, you know, they went to Philly the second to last game of the season, lost by one score. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy is good enough to win one and a half of those games. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, he's, and he's that much of an upgrade over Jason Garrett that I think they go, they go from 8-8 eight and eight to 9-7 and seven automatically. The ball bounces one way or another. You go ten and six. I don't know. I think Dallas got a shot this year um, to to finally you know make do on all the hype they get. I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders. The NFC is stacked, but I can see them getting to the divisional round. And you know they come up against a team who just turn over nilly willy or has some injuries. Maybe they play in the championship game. I can't really see them getting to the Super Bowl, but they might be the best team in the division. Which that pains me to say. I don't dislike the Cowboys, but I don't like them. And I yeah. love talking trash about them. Um, they, they, they they might be the best team in the division, but yeah. okay, okay. Let's see. They they got some draft. Um, they they need to hit some picks they, this they coming Thursday though. Um, they have to. They're picking seventeenth overall in the first round, and they've got the nineteenth pick in the second round. Um, they they have a lot of needs. I think most importantly on the interior offensive line, they could go a uh, cornerback at that spot. I know they like you know you like C J Henderson. Um, I think he might be a good addition in their secondary. Um, I think those are their most glaring holes. They can get some linebacker depth that would be helpful. They also don't really have any, any quality tight ends to throw the football to, but 
I don't really think they need that. Um, so, I, yeah, I think if they can manage to bulk up that offensive line and get some cornerback depth, that'd be helpful. They also might, and this this is the year of the receiver. I mean, they could use some depth behind um, behind Cooper and Gallup as well. They could. What do you think is the best fit for them at seventeen? Um, man, I think I, I don't think they go wide receiver um, just because it, it's loaded, man. <laughs> you can get uh, way too it, many. You can get a good one in the second round. You can get a good one in the second round, and we're not, we're not talking about uh, our Ravens, but that's what I <laughs> I hope they do. But um, I think uh, Edge, wide receiver, and cornerback are like they're that should be top three. Yeah. Those should be the top three positions. And at seventeen, you're looking at like you said, you can get CJ uh, CJ Henderson. I think he I think he doesn't fall past the Falcons at sixteen, but Mm. Um, you know, you got C.J. Henderson if, you know, they, they, they're looking at uh, Diggs from Bama or, you know, uh, Fulton from LSU, you know, whoever they feel like is the, you know, second or third best corner on the board, on their board, I think they'll be okay with him. Um, if they want to go edge, I think the kid from uh, LSU, mm. uh, Chase on. So I think might be a little bit of reach, but hey, if they if they if they feel like he's that difference maker, then you know I don't think they want to wait, or I don't think they want to wait to the second round if they feel like okay, this is our edge guy. Yeah. So I think one of those two, and then wide receiver, I don't think they go in the first round. If, if I don't think they pick at seventeen, unless they really like. You know, if they if Justin Jefferson's on the board still at seventeen, I I wouldn't be surprised if they grab him. He may probably will be Jefferson, Henry Ruggs. Uh see, I think I've been hearing Ruggs is people don't for people who don't really know about Ruggs, he was the number one rated wide receiver in that uh recruiting class. I got a hot take. What? I think Ruggs is the best receiver in this class. I this Better than CDN, Judy. Yes. I think – well, I, I think he has – I think he was just mis- – I don't want to say misunderstood, but I think just because he's so fast, people think he's a one-trick pony. Yeah. But he's not. Yeah. So, all of those – if you watch Alabama's tape, every wide receiver they had was used differently. Mm-hmm. Because if you just look at last year's numbers and uh, just look at the games, Devontae Smith was the – he was the one used as the true receiver. Yeah. Waddle was used as the gadget guy. Henry Ruggs blew the top off. Jerry Judy was, okay, if you need a slant on third and four, I'm going to you. Or I'm going to hit you on a bubble screen and, hey, you're just going to run around and, and get plays. the first down. Yeah. So every receiver was used differently. But, I mean, that's what offensive coordinators do. But – if you truly look at Henry Ruggs, the fastest receiver in the draft, but he has all of those other tools. So I can see him having the best career out of all of those guys. But, yeah, so I don't think he – all that to say, I don't think he gets to 17. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he gets to 17. I, I think if Ruggs is there at 17, I think you have to take him. Oh, um, yeah, no doubt. If, no doubt. If, if he's not I, – well, I think a combination. If, if Ruggs – 
Judy or Lamb are there at 17. I don't expect either of them to be there at 17. If they are, you take them. I don't think that's realistic, so I think they go C.J. Anderson. Um, <clears throat> and then they sort of just there, – there's no interior offensive lineman that's worth taking at 17. I think Worfs, I think Willis, I think Thomas Beckton are all going to be gone by then. Um, and all those are tackles, I guess you could do. We, you know, theoretically try to kick one of them inside for a little bit. Um, well, you ain't got to go corner. Uh, C.J. Anderson will definitely be there. Um, go, going back to – to, I think we're on the same page, though. I, I think Rose is probably going to have the best career out of all of them. I think one of the things you see at Alabama, as you know, <clears throat> is that that thing is so systematized. It's yep. a factory. And so all of those guys have a role. Judy had a role, like you said. Smith has a role, had a role. Ruggs had a role. And, the thing is, Ruggs is not as good of a route runner as Judy is right now, but, right now. <laughs> but he has the capability to do so. And so if you put Judy and Ruggs side by side and gave, gave Judy Judy's route running ability to Henry Ruggs, Ruggs might be a top four pick right now. Yeah. Um, and so, and I love Jerry Judy. Uh, I like CeeDee Lamb, but, but neither of those guys, I think, has the athleticism of a Henry Rose, and then once he gets into a system, um, is able to really show how much he how much he can he can learn and execute the route tree. I think Rose probably gonna have the best career out of these all wideouts, to be honest. And he might be the third or fourth one off the board, but um, we'll see. Well, speaking <clears throat> speaking of draft, um, second pick overall. We already know picks one and two. Oh, yeah. The draft really doesn't get interesting until pick three. Um, the second overall is the good old Washington football franchise. Um, this team is uh, in disarray, much like their ownership. I say this all the time. Good owners win championships. Bad owners consistently pick in the top ten. So Washington's picking in the top ten because of Daniel Snyder. However, they did, they did finally make some quality decisions this offseason. They did. Um, I, I love uh, Ron Rivera. Love, love, love the addition of Ron Rivera. Love bringing him over. Um, they're they're going to, you know, again, picking second overall. Um, it would be a travesty if they didn't take Chase Young at number two. Uh, best player in this draft by far. Anybody who says otherwise, just trying to be cute and, and be different unnecessarily. Like, you can be yourself in other ways. But if you have Chase Young number one on your board, you you know, just – Right. Uh, now, I was looking for a, a much better word, so thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of this hinges – I was originally pretty big on Washington going into the season because I think once you add Chase Young, they've got a pretty dynamic front seven um, up there along with Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, um, Matt Ioannidis, so on and so forth. I'm cooling a bit on Washington. Uh, and the reason why is, one, they can't seem to figure out this Trent Williams soccer. And, yeah. two, I've, I've, been, I've, I've had an opportunity to go back and watch more tape. Again, NFL game pass is free, so uh, make sure your hot takes come with film preparation. Um, and, and, and I'm not sure. I got huge question marks around Dwayne Haskins. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think he was when, – when, when you think when – you, when you're talking about draft, uh, quarterbacks being drafted in the first round, so – I don't even think Washington was completely sold on him when they drafted him. They were yeah. just like, okay, this is a first-round quarterback in this draft, and we need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if you think about just Ohio State quarterbacks in general, you got to look at that system. Um, just when, And when you think about system, it's just how 
how is the quarterback getting the ball to his playmakers? Uh, is this offense built around um, just hitting guys in the spot and then they running off the catch? Is it simply scheme? Is it simply, you know, the quarterback putting the ball in a great position? So, like, I can bring up Joe Burrow and, and Tua. So, you have that argument of they had the one of the greatest – both of them had one of the greatest supporting cast oh, of the yes. team ever. That's, that's very true. But if you watch the games, look at the ball – I look at ball placement. Like, I don't care if it's a, it's a swing route by the running back, a back shoulder pass, the post. Their ball placement is amazing. And they, they, they all throw with anticipation. When I'm thinking – when I look back at Dwayne Haskins, you know, the offensive the, – the Ohio State offense in general is literally – you know, it's it's a lot of gadgets, it's a lot of uh, you know yep. misdirection, and just getting the defense eyes off what they're not supposed to be looking at. But I don't I don't see the quarterback having to always make the play. See what I'm saying? His playmakers, yeah. his playmakers look better to me than the quarterback does, and that's what I saw with Dwayne Haskins. So, uh, can he get better? Of course. I mean, he has a he has a pretty good coach coming in. But does that coach, does Ron Rivera believe he's that guy? Not sure. <laughs> Not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if um, – they, they didn't get a free agent quarterback, did they? They did not. Nope. They did not. Do you see – and we didn't – do you see Cam on a one-year deal? <laughs> In Washington. Hmm. Just because of Ron Rivera. That's the only yeah. – It just – I don't see it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised because their their relationship was so close. And I don't think R- Rivera's sold on um, Haskins. I think that makes a ton of sense for a variety of reasons. Obviously, like you said, one is the comfortability each of them had with one another. Two, Ron Rivera didn't strike me as a guy that wants to go through a rebuild. And oh, never mind, they did get Kyle Allen. Well, yeah, I saw that Kyle. Yeah, yeah, from Kyle. Carolina. Yeah. Um, Exactly. And so it's kind of like, well, was, th- was that the prelude to, to bringing in Cam? I'm not sure you would have signed a guy like Kyle Allen if you planned yeah. on bringing in um, a starter. What, what the Kyle Allen signing means to me is that Ron Rivera is not sold on Dwayne Haskins yeah. for whatever reason. And, and, and I think Rivera knows, again, this team is not going to be bad enough to pick Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year. And Ron Rivera also has no interest, I think, in doing any rebuilding. And so I, I think Haskins is going to get the keys to the car mm-hmm. because you got to give the keys to the car to the guy you picked 15th overall just a year before. You have to. But, at, least one, is at least one full season as a starter. You have to give him that. Yes. Or you wasted the pick. But, but Ron wasn't there when they picked him. And so I think it's going to be clear. Uh, he, I don't, he probably won't explicitly tell – Haskins this, but it's going to be clear, like, hey, buddy, you got a short leash over here. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, or we're going to go with the guy who I saw in action the last couple of years. I, I, I think the defense is going to be really good because they're going to be able to get to the quarterback. Um, they, have, they do obviously have some holes on defense, linebacker a little bit, definitely in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Though those, Both of those positions, as you know, as a coach, are going to look way better than they are because of the front seven they're going to have. 
They had some struggles along the offensive line. I don't even think they know what they're doing with Trent Williams, and that's what baffles me a little bit more. I think Hassan needed to go and take quite a beating this year in a full-time role. I think what's going to help is that defense, and so they won't be getting blown away as much just because the defense is going to be able to get to the quarterback. So they'll be in positions and games to where, you know, they, I don't see them having leads, but they'll be down by five or six instead of 12 or 13. Yeah. which will enable them to do some things on offense that will make them look a little bit better. I originally thought this might have been a 9-7 team. I'm cooling a little bit. I'm looking at 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine. I'm never going to remember this 17 games, by the way. So I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to get used to it until that, next year. Man, that's going to take about a year to get used to. So, I don't know, 8-9 and nine or whatever. Um, I, I think they're on the right trajectory. I think they got to figure out the quarterback position and they got to get some – they got to get some um, – some reinforcements on the offensive line. They're going to lose one of the best tackles in the game, or Trent Williams. But you know, obviously, he didn't play last year. But you know, they 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 got some holes there to fill, which is interesting because Chase Young does not fit a hole. But no, no. But you can't pass. You can't so, pass with the best player in the draft. You this this the thing. Um, they they need they need corners, but Chase Young helps those corners. Mm-hmm. So, Jay Sean helps those corners. Um, they don't have a second-round pick, and they need an offensive tackle. But I think this has to happen. Like, they have to trade Trent Williams on draft night. They got the to. First, on, on the first day, because some team, let's say um, the, the other bad team in New York, the Jets need an offensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, I see them trading the third or even probably reaching and trading a second. Yeah, you take that. For Trent so Williams? Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's just what – and then it's just what the Jets do. But – so you get you get your second-round pick. You're probably going to get two picks for Trent. Um, so you get two two quality players in early rounds. You got to think about first through third rounds. Those are starters. Yeah. So you can probably nab uh, – you probably get an offensive tackle in the second round. All right, or you can get a wide receiver in the second round. All right, Terry McLaurin was was very very good, but that's just one guy. So and you don't have Jordan Reed. So you can you can literally get two starters by trading Trent Williams, and you can kind of I want to say replace him with off another offensive tackle because you can't you don't replace that, but you fill a hole. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I think I, I don't see them. I see seven and nine. Um, eight and eight this year, just because who knows about the quarterback situation. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised in two to three years they're winning that division, just because yeah. they probably have the best coach in that division. And coaching matters. <laughs> people don't re- people don't think coaching really matters in the NFL. And Which it's I don't understand fun. why, because it does. Because uh, you can look at Cleveland last year. Probably had the top five roster in the league and <laughs> you had a rookie head coach. So, I think coaching matters more in, in football than it does in any other sport. Yes. And, and, and for people who don't like believe that, I don't really understand why, because the, the simple argument as to why coaching matters in football is because you just have a much smaller sample size. You play less games. And so the decisions that you make as the head executive on the field, for lack of a better term, 
have much more of a bearing. In the NBA, you can say coaching doesn't matter. In baseball, you can ask what managers are for. But when you only play 16 games and the overwhelming majority of those games are decided by one score or less, eight points or yep. less, yep. the decisions you make are paramount. <laughs> I think it goes back to the team we just talked about firsthand in Dallas. Dallas is 8-8 eight and eight last year because of Jason Garrett. If they have Mike McCarthy last year, that team was 10-6 in my opinion. So um, – ten, ten, maybe more. Maybe 11-5. and five. And That was a good roster. That was a – Dallas <laughs> has had a great roster. Like, since I've – like, like you said, since the Tony Romo days, all those 13-3 and three seasons, all those 8-8 eight and eight seasons when you're, you're going into week 17 and you're playing the Giants or Philly where you can win a division, but you just didn't win. So – yeah, coaching matters in the NFL. So I think, um, yeah, Redskins they 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 won't they won't make they won't make the playoffs this postseason, uh, this coming post uh, postseason. But I, I believe next few years, if Dwayne Haskins can be solid this year, they can win eight games. Hmm. And if he's if he's solid, I feel like okay, they're gonna be like you know what we're gonna stick with him. And all you have to do after that is kind of, you know, put the tools around them, protect them. And then, you know, who knows? Um, who knows from there? Agreed. He's going to build that thing just like he did in Carolina. They're going to be good on defense. So. Yeah. Uh, there's Geis and the, the old man, AP, is going to be running the ball all season. <laughs> AP still got it, man. He still got it. If, if guys can stay healthy and they can – be solid on the O-line, man, they, they got a little something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm full of hot takes. Hot take, uh, if, if, if Daniel Snyder gives Ron Rivera the space he needs to actually be head coach um, yeah. and, and, and build the kind of culture that uh, he needs to build within that locker room, I, I could see that. Too. I'm not going to say I could see them in a Super Bowl. But if he gives Bruce Allen the, the, the room he needs to be the football executive, and if he gives Ron Rivera the, the space he needs to actually coach the football team, it would not surprise me if they made a Super Bowl in the next five or six years. I think Ron Rivera is that good of a head coach. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, the latter part of Carolina, man, is Carolina years. Cam couldn't stay healthy. Uh, that was a big part. Defense was always solid. Uh, running, running game was always solid. His offensive coordinators slash QB coaches just they failed to. Not want to say elevate Cam, but that Cam never. I think his first couple years when he came in, he threw for over four thousand yards. I think that was a uh, that was a that was a thing where. You know, they were running the read option and things like that. You know, defensive coordinators catch on. So, yeah. those first couple of years were kind of, I want to say, complete flukes because Cam is very talented. But it was kind of gimmicky as far as NFL standards. So, when you have to drop back and find open lanes and things like that is what quarterbacks need to do. You know, if you're not progressing your quarterback the way you should and using your weapons the way you should, you're going to get exposed. 
And I think the offensive coordinator, his offensive coordinators and QB coaches never developed Cam in a way where, you know, he can just be dropped back, you know, 20, 25 times and, you know, throw two touchdowns a game or whatever. I didn't think they did – I think they did him a, a disservice. And that's why Ron is out of there. <laughs> that, yeah. That along with injuries. Yeah. I agree. I, 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 the only thing I would say is I think part of that, I, I think there is a certain level where Ron has to take some responsibility of that yeah. and not being able to find the right offensive supporting cast. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's just what happens as a head coach. To that end, he brought over Scott Turner from Carolina to be his offensive coordinator in Washington. Turner was the quarterback's coach in Carolina from 2018. That was one of Cam's better seasons, I think, before he got hurt. Yeah, so, yeah. There is some encouragement there, and I think that's sort of what he's banking on. Obviously, bringing over Kyle Allen. Turner has that comfortability with Allen, and, and they probably see Haskins as somebody who can step in and maybe fill the same role that, that Cam did. He's obviously not the athlete that Cam Newton is, doesn't have the same skill set. So nobody, please mistake, that's what I'm saying. But, you know, you could, you, you, could tr- you could talk yourself into thinking, we can turn Haskins into a poor man's Cam Newton if we've got the right pieces around him. Um, so I, 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 I like the outlook there. Um, like you said, I think this is a 7, 9, 8, and 18. I, yeah. I think they got a chance to be really good long-term if Dan Snyder lets them be really good. Um, the best coach, the best assistant coach offseason signing to me, Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator in Washington. That defense is going to be nasty. It's going to be The games they lose are going to be close. Yeah. The games they because – Washington is going to run the ball and they're going to get to the passer. Mm-hmm. That's the recipe for success. Then you develop a QB on along the way. Dude, you, you have it. That's, <laughs> that's how you win football games. And you know what? This, this is why without a shadow of a doubt, shadow of a doubt, we're going to know how good Dwayne Haskins is at the end of this season. Cause that yeah. team is not going to be getting blown out. Like you said, they're going to, they're going to lose eight or nine games. Six of those are probably going to be about eight points or less. Yeah. It's going to be clear if Dwayne Haskins can do this or not at the end of this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to another young quarterback. Uh, let's go up I-95 real quick. Um, talk about the Duke guy, Daniel Jones, at quarterback with the New York Giants. Um, they replaced Pat Shermer, who I think is one of the not-so-good uh, coaches last year uh, in the NFL. Uh, Pat Shermer out, Joe Judge is in. Um, I, I am not a huge fan, and I have used trepidation with any New England Patriots assistant coaches. So I will put that out there. Um, however, Pat Shermer has always been really bad as a head coach, uh, both in Cleveland, <laughs> both in Cleveland and New York. Um, I, I, I don't think Daniel Jones had any business going six overall last year. However, I think he played pretty well. I think, I think they might have lucked into a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, still, I, I still don't think it excuses taking him six overall because you could have traded back and got value. And that matters. I don't care what anybody says. That's why you hire general managers to be able to, to maneuver drafts well and, and build out quality, manage the cap, and build out extra draft picks. Anyway, but they got a franchise quarterback. They got a franchise running back if those still exist. They don't have much else, though. And so, um, you know, uh, Dave, Dave Gettleman, I think, never really managed to get Cam Newton the support that he needed in Carolina, except mm-hmm. for maybe that one 
um, that one year they went to the Super Bowl. Can he avoid making the same mistakes in New York that he made in Carolina once he had his franchise quarterback? Um, you, you like to think um, you get in a position of NFL general manager where you don't, you don't make the same mistake twice. <laughs> you you want to think that, but um, this is New York. The Giants are very – they're similar to the Cowboys in a way where um, they have the history. Mm. And what, when, I'm talking to, when I'm talking to New York Giant fans, like <laughs> before, before Eli Manning retired, I, had, I was explaining to them he, he, he was washed, you know, way before he retired. Okay. So you think about the 2007 Super Bowl. Like I, I give credit. He made. He had. He had a. Um, he and Joe Flacco are the same. Literally, the, they're carbon <laughs> copies of this. The, they're the same person. So, 2007 magical run defense played outstanding. 2011 magical run defensive play outstanding. It took two throws, one in each game, where, you know, if they, those throws don't happen, those two throws only, then. The Giants, the Giant fan base, the franchise isn't thought upon of what they are today. So yeah. those, those last two Super Bowls, and you look at any other season in between, you look at the regular season in those two years, he wasn't very good. <laughs> no. So the franchise in itself is, is uh, it's still living off the Parcells days. Like that's when, that's when New York, the New York Giants were the New York Giants. So you think about now, yeah, they may have stumbled upon a franchise quarterback because I think he was solid. He and he and Josh Allen are pretty much the same quarterback. So you saw how the Bills won last season. They played great defense. He didn't turn the ball over a lot, and they just won games, man. I think they have that recipe. It's just uh, they have Nate Soder. I think he's moving the right tackle. He should. He needs to. Um, that guy. So they're going to need they're going to need a left tackle. They're drafting at four, so I think they pick if they don't trade out whatever tackle worse Beckton Thomas, whatever tackle they see as the best out of that group, that's who they're taking. Uh, they need offensive tackle. They need edge. They need corners. They need inside linebackers. They need everything. Uh, uh, I can see them. Uh, Detroit pits right before them. If they don't draft, if they don't trade back, which I think they will, because they need a lot too. They need. Um, they got a lot if, of holes. If if they stay put, I think they draft Okuda. If they draft back, somebody's drafting a quarterback. Whoever mm -hmm. pits in that spot. So does New York take Okuda, or they go offensive tackle? I think offensive tackle, just because they have a franchise quarterback. But that, yeah, that's. I think they can – they're like – they're the third or fourth best team. No, they're, they're the worst team in the NFC East. <laughs> they I are. Think. They they're, are. They're the worst team in the NFC East. Even they, they, though – go ahead. No, I was just saying they are by mile. And, and I think, like, all the things you just mentioned, all the needs that they have as a team, is the reason why you don't take Daniel Jones at six. Even if you do think he's your guy, 
there is no other consensus anywhere that says he wouldn't have been available at nine, at 10, at 11. And so it's, it, it's an impetus for you as a, as a front office executive to trade back and get more picks because you have so many holes. And so now you might have your quote unquote franchise quarterback. And I used to term franchise. I don't think Daniel Jones is ever going to be elite. I don't think he's going to be good with Daniel Jones. My, my definition of franchise quarterback now is if, if you build the almost perfect roster around him, you can win a Super Bowl. That, that, and yeah. that's what, oh, my bad for interrupting. But when, when we, we think alike, because when I say franchise quarterback, that's what you have to think about. You don't think about – franchise doesn't mean, you know, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. No. Those are – Those are elite. Fantastic quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> like – They can have bad teams and go to a Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Franchise quarterbacks – a franchise quarterback was – Joe Flacco with the Ravens. You gave that man pieces, yes. and he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's a stable quarterback that's going to get you 20 to 25 touchdowns. You know, uh, he's going to win you 9 to 10 games, put you in position. It's not, okay, I, I can carry a team. Those are elite quarterbacks. Right. I'm glad. I'm glad we uh, <laughs> gave the definition of franchise quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and so Daniel Jones is a franchise guy, but they they have now so many holes around him. They've got the first round pick, and they got their second, so they they at least got picks. They've got you know one yeah. pick in each round until they get to the seventh round, where they have multiple. The problem is they need a lot of help at linebacker. They need help at corner. They need a lot of help along the offensive line, like you said. Nick Soldier's making a lot of money to not be a franchise left tackle, so. He should probably get kicked to right tackle. I've seen some mocks that have them taking Isaiah Simmons. I, I, I technically – I personally think Simmons is the second-best defensive player in his draft, ahead of Okuda, um, right after Chase Young. But you, you can't take a, an outside – you can't take a backer, I think, at fourth overall. It's too much of a luxury pick. This would be the perfect chance, I think, for them to move back. There's got to be a team who wants to move up and get either to a Tiger Valoa or Justin Herbert. I was about to say, a quarterback needs a team. And so that, that should be able to get you to the back end of the top 10, maybe even the upper top, um, you know, 11 through 15 or whatever. Because they have so many holes, you can address the offensive line. You can, you know, see if there's another linebacker. You like, if they can find a way to come out of this with any of the top tackles and then also potentially Isaiah Simmons, Chason, whoever else, I think that would be the perfect storm for them. If they stay put at number four, it's probably going to be Andrew Thomas. I think Makai Beckton is a little bit too much of a project. I think he might end up having the best career. I think you can stick Andrew Thomas at left tackle in September, though, and have him there for the next decade. But the problem is, again, they they have so many holes and not – they've got draft capital. Dave Gettleman's not Bill O'Brien. I'll give him that. But they have so many holes and not as many opportunities to be able to fill those holes this coming. We haven't even got talked about the issues they have a cornerback or safety or wide receiver. Um, so we're, we're just talking about them being just a, a, a foundational, you know, team that can compete in the trenches. And so they're still a couple years away. Uh, with Daniel Jones from contending for a Super Bowl, they might be three or four offseasons away. But um, – I, I think it's got to be tackle. I don't. I don't think you could reach um, for Isaiah Simmons at number four. Yeah, yeah, me either. Um, look at the draft order. 
Um, I firmly believe Dolphins. Um, Dolphins are going to trade up. Dolphins are going to trade up to three or four. Um, LA, the LA Chargers may trade up from six. All right. So if 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 you look at those two, let's say let's say Detroit doesn't trade down. They go with the Cuda to Ohio State. So now you're sitting at four. Miami is like, you know what? We we can't pass up this opportunity to trade up. We want our quarterback, whether that's two or her, but whoever they think is best. All right. So, all right. You trade you trade only one spot, but you know you get an extra pick. So you trade back from four to five, or you trade back from four to six, and you still can gather picks and pick whatever tackle you feel like is the best out of that class. So I feel like I think they should trade back um, unless they if they feel like it's a wide gap between Worfs, Vexen, and Thomas, whoever they feel like is the is the best. If they feel like it's a wide gap from one, uh, one and two, then I think they trade back. If they don't, they just stay put. They take their guy. But yeah, I mean, you got so many options at tackle. I think they have to trade back. You got, like you said, yeah, Works. Beckton, Tommy, you even got Willis there as well. The Chargers are really in love with Justin Herbert. And so if I'm Dave Gittleman, I'm dropping every single rumor I can between now and Thursday that <clears throat> talks about Miami moving up to four. Um, oh, yeah. I want everyone from the New York Times to the Daily News to, I don't know, whoever has the most random blog in the Giants fan base talking about we're talking to Miami to move up. Because I, I, the Chargers, I don't think, are interested in drafting two of them. I think they have concerns about his health, whereas yep. they're in love with Herbert. And I think Miami would prefer to have Tua. I, I don't know if they get the bang for their buck. I don't, I, Miami's probably not going to be willing to give up as much to go up one spot, as opposed yep. to I think the Chargers are so in love with Herbert, as opposed to Tua, that they'd be willing to part, obviously, with the sixth pick and maybe their third round this year, maybe their second next year, whatever it is. I think Gettleman has to be concerned and he has to be focused on getting draft capital this year. And that's his thing, which he's never really shown a keen focus on, is making sure that he can maximize his, his draft capital. I think that has to be the biggest thing he can do this year because I don't think there's a wide gap between the tackles. Some people think there is. I, I know, you know, folks' rankings go all over the place, but I, I don't see any of those guys um, being complete bust. If, if you've got concerns about any of them working out, obviously I think Beckman is probably the, the – the, the choice I'd be most concerned about long-term. Uh, I think Thomas is the safest choice. Beckton is the one with the highest bus potential. You know, I think the floor on both Willis and Works is, is pretty high. I think you got you got to move back. You got to put yourself in the position to address all the concerns and all the holes that you have as a team. That way you can actually start contending in 2021, maybe even 22. I think they'll stay put at four, though, because that's Gettleman has never shown an interest in maximizing draft capital. I think it'll be Andrew Thomas – it would not surprise me, though, if it was Isaiah Simmons. That would drive me up the wall as a Giants fan. But, yeah. um, and it's not because we don't like Simmons. I like Simmons. I think you like Simmons, too. I do. It's just it's – just, You can't take that you position that at four. Guy, that's yeah. <laughs> you, you can't take that – you can't take him at four overall. Um, all right, we talked about the Giants enough. I only like talking about the Giants that much. Um, this whole division is just like – we hear so much about them. Like, these teams are always on prime time, even when they oh, go 5 or 11. You know, it's, it's just like it's like you're slugging through this. Like, 
so many. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say before we move, uh, before we move on to the Eagles, uh, a great pick, a great situation for New York is if if John Gruden and Mike Ooh. Mayock say, you know what, I want to move on from Derek Carr, and they move up from twelve to four because they have twelve and nineteen. You know, they, they move from 12 to 4 to grab whatever they whatever quarterback they see as the best fit for their franchise. So the Giants can move back from, from 4 to 12, still probably grab one of those tackles, and mm. <laughs> they get, you know, more picks. So that's, a, that's probably a dream situation for them. I don't know if it's going to happen, but we'll see. Well, they clearly don't like David Carr long term. Yeah. But I, I think the only question there is who who would that guy be? In my estimation, I think it'd have to be Herbert. Because I, yeah, I think they, they want to win now. They, yeah, they do. But they just don't – yeah. They don't know if Carr's that guy. And John Gruden's there for 10 years, man. Man. <laughs> if he, you got to think about that too. What a life. 10 years, $100 million, and oh now you're moving God. to Las Vegas. What a life. This man. <laughs> Hey, I, I envy him. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta give it up to him. Uh, well, uh, hey, he, 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 he's, he's on. He's almost like the GOAT, Chase Daniel. <laughs> he, hey, he's right behind Chase Daniel, man. Chase uh, Daniel's still the GOAT, but John Gruden's right there. $100 million coach football in Las Vegas. And that new stadium was nice. It looks like a spaceship. I can't wait to visit it whenever we can travel again. Um, <laughs> right, let's move on to the Eagles, man. Oh, speaking of a team that's won a Super Bowl recently, going out to Philly. Um, Doug Peterson stays as head coach. Um, <clears throat> the coming back, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the jury is out on Carson Wentz, not from a perspective of is he good enough. I, I think that's a that's a moot question. We know Carson Wentz can be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. The challenge is I'm not sure we've seen him at his best since he tore his ACL in Los Angeles at the end of the 2017 season. And look, his stats last year, he played all 16 games um, for the first time since his rookie year, 4,000 yards passing, 27 touchdowns to Ovens, only seven interceptions. I think the touchdown to interception ratios in the NFL are starting to get a little misleading, so I don't put a lot into that anymore just because so much of this stuff is scripted now for a lot of quarterbacks. You have access to so much film in real time. Yeah. You know, you can essentially tell your guy where to go with the ball, at least to the point he doesn't turn it over, which makes Mr. 30 for 30 that much more impressive. But anyway, um, <clears throat> I, I Wentz, in, at the end of 2017, I legitimately saw Wentz being the next version of Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, I don't think that was that far-fetched at the end of that season. He was playing that well. I'm not sure if he's plateaued now. And, and that's, I don't think that's any fault of his own. I think that's the injuries. I bring all this up because, you know, Philly has holes. They need another wide receiver. They need a cornerback, so on and so forth. And at the end of the day, whether or not they're successful or not hinges on how well Carson Wentz plays. And do you think he can get back to 2017 levels, or is that just something his knee is just never going to allow? I think, um, well, for one, I've, <laughs> I'm not an Eagles fan, but, like, I like I liked, I liked Carson Wentz. That, 27, that 2017 season was like, man, this guy's going to be really good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really, really good. And, but 
same it's the same kind of situation with that in his first year everything just everything just fell together see what i'm saying they they didn't have all these injuries everything just clicked that season until he got hurt literally diving in you know for a touchdown and he just the guy just whiffs his knee and when i saw it i'm like yeah that's bad but i didn't want to believe it because they were going to win the super bowl that year oh yeah they were the yeah. best team in the league. Oh, and yeah. everybody throughout the whole season was like, well, are they this good? Are they that good? No, they were they were good. And can he get back there? I think so, with the right weapons around him. Uh, because even that year, that offense was way – defense wasn't bad, but that offense was way better than the defense. They were putting up points, man. Yeah. Uh, this past season – Dude, he had Fred Curtis and Kelly Dawson at wide receiver. <laughs> and was just, he was getting it done. Yeah. And he did the – I feel like um, the, the turnover issues as far as, like, the strip sacks and the presence in the pocket, those yeah. kind of wor- worry me more than the injuries. Exactly. Because the injuries are just fluke, man. I mean, injuries happen. You can't control injuries. His presence of trying, his presence in the pocket and trying to extend the plays too much, those lost uh, uh, some close games last year. So that gap between um, uh, them and Dallas could have been a lot larger if, you know, if some of those plays didn't happen. So I feel like he can, the, the Eagles offense and Carson Wentz, they can get back to that 2017 level. Um, for one, they have to go wide receiver that first pick. After. And like I said, a perfect scenario would be Justin Jefferson falling to them at 21. Uh, if Justin Jefferson is gone, do they like T. Higgins just as much? I don't know. Um, but they got to go, they have to go wide receiver, man. Um, Alshon Jeffrey injuries, you know, um, they lost. Uh, what's, uh, they lost Burton a couple years ago, but shoot, they might pick him back up because he just got released. <laughs> uh, Miles Sanders in the backfield. So they, they, they have some weapons. It's just injuries, man. It's just injuries. Deshaun Jackson played, what, two games last year? Uh, he went to school Deshaun Jackson. I firmly believe stuff? if without – even with, without, uh, without Alshon Jeffrey, if Deshaun Jackson plays 12 games, just his presence of taking the top off the defense, that his stats look way, way better. Carson yeah. Because you, you add that element of speed out there. And think about this. If you have him coming back, you have Justin Jefferson in the slot, you know, you have Alshon Jeffrey on the outside. Like, you, you, have, you have a solid core, but it's the injuries, man. It's the injuries. It is. But, and, to, and to your point, you know, Carson, I, I – and this is why I really wish he would have stayed healthy in 2017. Um, yeah. Because even though they did end up winning the Super Bowl, it, it's almost like I, I, I want the narrative around him to be different in my yeah. head. But the fact that he wasn't able to play in the postseason, it still impacts his narrative, if that makes yeah. sense. And, and, and that's the unfortunate thing. That's the challenge is that – you know, they're not they're obviously not in the position to go to a Super Bowl if he doesn't play as well as he plays that year. But not being able to play in the postseason hurts him. And so again, what you end up is what you end up seeing is how he played in the postseason last season. 
uh, at home against Seattle, where he clearly wasn't himself, and they were just kind of overmatched overall as a football team. The biggest thing, like you said, with him, sorry. No, he had he had that concussion and didn't come back. Exactly. And, and I was like, man, the narrative is going to stay this. I, I feel bad for him because of the narrative around him. And then you got to – you have – nobody in that locker room is going to say he's soft because concussion and the NFL, the lawsuit, they're not going to let that guy come back in the game. Yeah, he can't. And not after that. you can't call this man soft because literally he's – you can't play with concussions. <laughs> so – yeah, I hate that that's the near I want I want him to finish the entire season and the playoff, even if they lose the playoff game. I just want him to finish a season without getting nicked up. I want him to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I he, <laughs> he can, man. Like I like Carson Wentz <laughs> as a man, as a player. <laughs> Same. I, I like Carson Wentz. I think the biggest thing is, and it's what you mentioned. And this is probably the thing that doesn't get enough attention. At least it probably does in Philly, but not in the national America. Yeah. Like you said, he takes way too many sacks. He took a career-high 37 sacks last season. And, and I, I can't quite understand how that happens when you have one of the better offensive lines. Andre Dillard struggled at left tackle last year. So, you know, hopefully they see that second-year jump from him. But they got Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson on the other side of the line. When you have – when you – and then they've got two of the best tight ends in football, probably the best pairing of tight ends in Goddard and, and, and Ertz. So that's one of two things. You're either holding on to the football too long when you've got that level of elite talent along the offensive line, Sands Diller, or two, you're not doing enough from a coaching personnel perspective to compensate for the issues you have on the left side of your offensive line. I'll be, I'll be frank in that I haven't watched enough of their film from last year to be able to see what that case may be. But um, I, I, I think Wentz is on the edge of elite quarterback level. Yeah. Um, I firmly the, believe he can be an elite quarterback. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, All I think, the tools. I, I, I think the one thing he needs to do is cut down on turnovers. And, and you see that. You see that with all the elite. When you look at Peyton, when you look at Tom – um, not so much in Russell because he, hold he holds on to the ball and takes a lot of sacks as well, but that's just part of his magic. Um, they, one of the things they do is they get rid of the football. Like a part of being an elite quarterback is not taking unnecessary sacks. Yeah. I think Carson still takes too many unnecessary sacks. If he can fix that, he'll go from really, 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 really good to elite. But like you said, their problem is they don't have anybody to throw the football to. If they go into this season trying to get him to throw the ball to Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson again, that's going to drive me up a wall especially when you got two tight ends like you do in Goddard or Ertz. I think their pick has to be a wide receiver mm -hmm. in the first round. They got to try and go out and get somebody that can really stretch the field. I would be a fan of them, in all honesty, um, moving up in some regards. I know they've got, they've got the 21st pick in the first round, 21st pick in the second round. They've got some other holes as well at corner and at linebacker and at safety. That being said, if they can walk away with an elite, level wide receiver to get the ball downfield. I don't think – I think the holes they have at linebacker and cornerback, I'm not going to say they're moot, but if, if, if they get him the right weapons this offseason, they can, they, can they can go back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I think um, – because if you look at it, just, just thinking if things stay packed. So, I think Arizona was, was going – Arizona's at eight. I think they were going wide receiver until they got Hopkins. 
So oh, boy. I, yeah, they're, I, I think they're penciled in at old tackle. Uh, then you go Jacksonville. I think they go with the best defender. Isaiah Simmons may fall to them just because of what the other teams need before him or before them. You got Cleveland at 10. Then New York gets tricky. So if I'm, if I'm Philly, I'm trying to get to 9 or 10, and I'm probably trying to get Henry Ruggs. Yeah. Because you need a burner and a guy – you have Deshaun Jackson, but you can't rely on his durability. So imagine Henry Ruggs, Deshaun Jackson, and Alshon Jeffrey in the offense. And you got Ertz and um, Goddard as your safety valves. Dude, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a solid offense. four. Yeah. So you're, you're putting points on the board. So you're helping your defense out in that regard. Yes, you need corners. Um, Malcolm Jenkins is gone. You need a safety. Uh, you need linebacker help. So if you say you move up to, you know, the 10 to 12 range and you can get rugs, no, shoot, any of the top three receivers, but I think rugs would be perfect in their offense just because of what kind of quarterback they have. Man, I, I yeah, I, they get him. I think they're, I already think they're the favorites yeah. in that division, but I really think they're the favorites if they, if they can pull that off. Yeah. I agree, man. I I think they are very solidly maybe two notches above Dallas right now. And if they can go out and get the right weapon who can come in and, and really step into that role immediately, I think they become a, a honestly a twelve or thirteen win team. This roster is pretty is pretty darn good, particularly because they're so talented and, and so deep along both uh, along both lines, both the offense and defense. That defensive line I don't think is the same level it was in 2017 when they won the Super Bowl, obviously. But Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox are still, you know, monsters along the line. Javon Hargrove had a beast of the season. Um, I think, like you said, we agree. They've got to find a way to get up from 21. And if they can leave Thursday with either Ruggs, Judy, or Lamb, preferably Ruggs, like you said, um, I think they're set. I, I'm, I'm not as huge of a Darius Slay fan as some other people. Um, but I don't think he was as good last season as he had been in years before. But I think there are a variety of reasons why. I don't think he was like PFF bad. PFF thinks he was like one of the worst corners in the league. I, I'm not going that far. Um, but I, I think they, I think the addition of Darius Slay is enough for them to feel like they've got enough at cornerback. Um, they could use some more depth, especially in nickel settings, um, and they could use some help in the back of the secondary. But they're so good up front that a lot of those things can be made up for, and they're going to be able to score at will, particularly if they add another piece. There's a 12-13 win team if they can find if they can find just an extra piece or two that can come in and help immediately uh, in the draft. Yeah, I think um, – so my, my, my first – so first priority, if, if, if I'm – if my guy's there and I can trade up to 9, 10, 11, um, if I can trade up for a wide receiver – I'm going one of the top three, preferably uh, Rugs, like you said. If I'm staying impact at 21 and Jefferson, Jefferson is there, I'm getting him. Yeah. Jefferson is on, and I still want a wide receiver. I may go on T. Higgins. All right. If all of those things are out of the question, <laughs> I'm going Patrick Queen, linebacker out of LSU, mm. or I'm going uh, Xavier McKinney, safety out of <laughs> Alabama. 
you got your corner in Slay. You got your franchise corner. You can get a nickel corner in the – I think this corner class is not as deep as the wide receiver class, but it's still pretty solid. Pretty good, yeah. So, you know, I think they can get a solid starter in the second, third, or maybe even the, the top of the fourth round, another corner, if they go safety for a linebacker. So, um Literally, the knees are wide receiver, linebacker, DB. I think those are their – that should be their first three picks in whatever combination they choose. Yeah, if they, if they aren't able to get any of those – any of the, the wide receiver quartet, because I, I put Jefferson – you know, he's not – I don't think he's one of the top three. He's not Ruggs, Glamour, Judy, but he's not too far behind either. If all those guys are gone, I personally – people might disagree with this. I think Trayvon Diggs might be a good fit at 21. You go ahead and you address right. – uh, you address the, 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 the needs you have in, in the secondary. And then you can hope that you find some prospects in the second round from a wide receiver perspective. It's starting to look like maybe T. Higgins might fall into the second round. That makes no sense to me, um, but it's possible. LaVisca Chenault might fall to the second round. I have no idea if I'm ever saying his name right. But um, there are some options, I think. I, I, like you said, the receiver class is, is much deeper than the corner class. And so you might still be able to get a guy in the second round. The problem with that is there's such a drop, I think, with the elite wide receivers in this class to the rest, yeah. particularly for a team like Philly who is built to, to not just contend now but to win a Super Bowl now. I think, you, I think they've got to be as uh, – Howie Roseman has to be as aggressive as he can be to move up and get one of those elite guys. There's no reason why that, – that team should not be 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, with no. that roster. No. That, no. that, that, that is a 11, 12, 13 win team that's competing to stay at home all the way to the Super Bowl. Yep. And, and like last year to me for them was a disappointment. Like I said, that, they, they have no business. They have fight at the end. That, that, that roster has no business fighting to get into the playoffs, let alone, you know, to win the division, let alone fight to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I think that's, that's the sense of Philly. They, they, they've, they've got a, a perfect window here. Um, they got to take advantage of it and get back. I, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely with you on there, man. I still like, yeah, definitely my favorites in the East. Um, they would definitely be my favorite if they can get one of those top three wide receivers. Um, yeah, I think if, if they can get one of those three, man, they're they're definitely a 12, 13 win team. <laughs> in That's my funny, Yeah. So I'm starting to look at it like I think it's I think it's Eagles, Cowboys, Washington, Giants, yep. but. You know, we'll That's see. How I have it. I'm thinking, <laughs> dude, Giants, they won't be they won't be like two and fourteen or anything crazy no. like that. But I don't see them winning more than seven games. No. So I'm 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 thinking Cowboys are gonna right there be at, you know, ten, nine, ten wins. Um uh, nine, ten wins. Eagles should be about twelve. Washington should be about eight. <laughs> so, you know, the order we have the same order. It's just a matter of how many how many games these teams are going to win. Yeah. For all the crap I talk about this division, it's actually going to be probably pretty good this year. <laughs> top, top <of> body. <laughs> but you just you you have a history of just medi- mediocrity in the division, in a sense of these teams and these fan bases, they hold these teams too high, man. They, yeah. The Cowboys, they have, what, 
two, three playoff wins in the past 25, 30 years. You know, if the Giants, like we mentioned this earlier, if Eli Manning doesn't make those two throws, they don't have these two Super Bowls in the past 20 years. Washington is Washington. They haven't done anything since Doug Williams. <laughs> the Eagles, at least recently, they have a Super Bowl before right. they were like the team. Well, they're the only team in the division. Right. They have a Super Bowl. <laughs> but they have the most structure in the front office. Yeah. They have a solid coach. They have the best quarterback in the division. He just can't stay healthy. <laughs> so, yeah, man, they're, they're fun to talk about. But, <clears throat> hey, it's the NFC East. You know, Philly is going to be good. Well, they've been good for a long time. First of all, Jeffrey Lurie is probably one of the best owners in the game. It's why I'll say it all the time. Owners, if you got a good owner, you're going to eventually win a, win a title. Um, which is why Falcons fans just got to hang in there. It's going to happen in the next decade. Well, you should already have one. Different conversation. You should already have one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because he, he lets – he hires the right people and lets them do their job. Uh-huh. He did it with Andy Reid before. Howie Roseman is a master at putting together rosters, having a quality scouting department, and managing the cap space. With the talent that's on this roster, somehow they still have $27 million in cap space. I don't – and they've paid their quarterback. And they've paid Carson Wentz. So, dude, like, they can win. <laughs> They're winning now. That's, that, that's their mode. And you got to think about Jeffrey, probably going to get cut soon. I want to say this season. But Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are likely to get cut within the next year or two. So if you can draft rugs to replace Deshaun, you're, you're getting them for a bargain. Yeah. And you have what – I don't know what their cap number is, but it's at least – it's over 10. <laughs> so, ah, man, Ertz is probably retiring next two to three years. You're looking good if you can draft well in the next two years. Yeah, Ernst doesn't strike when somebody that wants to play until he's 35. He got his ring. I think he's ready to go have a family um, once his wife gets done playing at the Olympics. Um, the, the, the struggle with the, the, the only thing with Wentz's contract is his big cap hit is next year at $34 million. So, you know, Howie's going to have to get a little, a, little, uh, a little creative there. But – you know, somehow his cap hit this year is, 20, is just under 18, so it almost doubles next year. But even in that, there's not a whole lot of long-term contracts tied up because in 22 they've only got um, – or rather they've still got $64 million on the cap, which obviously is two years out. But just, just to be able to have that much flexibility after you've already paid your quarterback – and i give you a perfect example, and, and I hate to always come back to the Falcons, but, you know, they, they've tied up – um, a ridiculous amount of money in both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones two years from now, even on their 2022 deal, I'm sorry, their 2021 sort of cap hits, uh, Matt Ryan, 40 million, Julio Jones, 23 million. They've only got $14 million of cap space for the next offseason. It just show it just shows the difference between Thomas Dimitrov, who's a pretty good executive and Harry Rosen. Philly's going to be good for a while. Yeah. They are. <laughs> Good owner, good front office. You know, they rebound quick. That's what happens in the NFL, man. Indeed. You only have so much time before it's time to get you go. Mm-hmm. Black Monday comes quick. You don't want to get that pink slip. In the NFL, not for long. <laughs> hey, man, I, somehow I actually appreciated talking about this division. As overrated as it is, they're probably going to be pretty good this year. It's always entertaining <laughs> to talk about, man, because these four franchises are just – 
you say the Cowboys are America's team, but this is the I, I guess America's division. Yeah. Because we're always talking about them. Yeah. It's not because we want to, but it's just like yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're just forced. We gotta talk about them. It's just the Northeast curse. Uh, oh, cool. Hey, next time, man, we're gonna happen to uh, I think one of the more intriguing divisions in football. Um, the NFC South, full of so many storylines, specifically Tom Terrific. Y'all make sure y'all join us on that. We'll be back um, in the next couple of days, so we'll drop that. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Uh, you can do that by going to relentless.love, or you can just type in All22 Podcasts in the search engine on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, or you can just join. Again, you can listen to us on the website uh, at relentless.love. Uh, I'm Fred Kelly. Appreciate you. We'll do this again soon. Oh, All right.